This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 342. The need for coaching is wide. There are many people who would benefit from partnering with a coach to create self-directed, self-determined change. And who we select to work with depends upon lots of things, where the need is, where our specialty and expertise lies, what we're passionate about, and where we get results. Now, some coaches focus on working with individuals who invest in their own coaching, and others are more organizationally focused. Both have their purpose and their rewards. Is there a difference in how we would market, use social media, and other avenues to build our brand, depending upon which avenue we take? That's what we're going to discuss in today's new episode, Organization or Individual? Who's your target market? Join us. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, welcome to the show. It's really wonderful to have you here, and I hope you're having a great day. You know, one of the things that makes me really excited about the show that we're doing today is that it came from a discussion that we had in the Star Coach community. So we had started talking about how we engage differently with our marketing and building our brand and building our business, whether we're targeting individuals for our coaching or organizations. And so I thought that I would do a show focused on that so that we could explore some of the differences and similarities. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. So I'm going to zero in on some similarities and differences depending upon whether your target market is organizations or individuals because the coaching industry is really wide and there's so many different focuses that we can have in how we're going to partner with people through coaching. So not everything lends itself to sponsored coaching, which is what usually happens through an organization. And with this many differences, the reality is there's such value that can be brought, whether you're a career coach, a relationship coach, a life coach, executive and leadership coaching we've been talking about, group and team coaching. Some of those lend themselves to targeting organizations and others lend themselves to being specific to the individuals that we're going to attract to our businesses. And there are positives and challenges on both of those. So like I said, we're going to explore some of those similarities and differences that we need to consider when engaging with whoever that target market is. Now, if you don't know me, I'm Meg Rentschler. I'm an executive coach and a coach educator and mentor coach. So Through the lens of my executive coaching, I've engaged with numerous organizations to both coach their leaders and train their leaders. So 
I'm going to be able to look through that lens when we talk about the organizational aspect of engaging with organizations. And then as a mentor coach, I work with individuals in my programs and one-on-one for coaches to grow their skills in their businesses. So I'll be looking through that lens to give examples through the reaching out to one-on-one individuals. When we think about what we want to consider, whether you are just starting out as a coach, whether you're leveraging your business up, whether you're still getting traction, whatever phase you're at in your coaching, whenever we're offering a service, We want to think about how clear are we about what we're offering and not so much in the particles of the process of what we're offering. I think what we need to become clear about and be able to clearly share is what are the outcomes that we offer people? What are the results? We want to be able to speak the language of the clients that we work with and speak to their need. So whether you're offering a one-on-one discovery call with someone who's thinking about engaging services with you, or you're meeting with a decision maker in an organization, we want to be in that place of curiosity about what are their needs, what are their pain points, their desired outcomes, and then Be honest with yourself and be honest with them. Is that something you truly believe that you have a process or a solution for? If so, you want to be able to confidently, concisely, and clearly share what you know to be true in that discovery so that they know what you're offering. So let's say, for example, I've just done conversation with an organization who is trying to figure out how to increase the retention of their employees and the satisfaction of their employees, and that there's a a gap between what their leaders are doing and what their people need. I might say something like, your leaders are in the positions they're in because they thrived as individual contributors. And so they have that technical knowledge, but do they have the knowledge they need to be a leader? to be able to motivate, to share a vision, to hold people accountable and set expectations and be able to listen and engage in a way that pulls out the best of everyone on their team. What I do is I work with your organizations to help leaders communicate more effectively. And that's what's going to help them meet goals and retain employees and increase employee satisfaction because we need to be able to empower our leaders to lead. So something to that effect, just concisely, clearly what I believe to be true. Now, that's the same situation if you're working one-on-one with someone. You do that discovery call. You find out what they need. And let's say I've just had a call with a coach who's really struggling with transitioning into coaching. They they are relatively new to coaching. They want to fill their calendar with the kinds of clients that they want and still build their confidence as a coach as well. So I might say something after that, during that discovery call, once again, concisely, clearly what I know to be true. I know that when we transition into coaching and entrepreneurship at the same time, 
we can really be up against a learning curve in keeping that new skill strong and building it and also determining how are we going to fill our calendars with people. And that's how come I believe that coaches need instruction and help in being able to figure out the myriad of challenges that we face in filling our calendars, building a business, marketing, and who our client is and what our brand is and all those things that can be absolutely overwhelming and difficult to work through when we're feeling isolated. And also, keep our skills strong and build our continuing education muscles. And that's how come I've created a program that deals with both so that you can build your confidence, engage with your clients, and truly thrive as a coach. I don't want you to be one of the 82% of coaches that are unable to succeed in their own businesses. So something like that. After listening, really using the client's language and building that into what they're offering. That's going to be the same whether you're working with an organization or an individual. What are their pain points? How are you listening? And then building their words into what you share back in a clear, concise, confident way. Now, another thing that's going to be important, whether you work with an individual or an organization, is your brand. What are you known for? And in that, how are you getting that brand out in the way of building credibility and visibility? Now, I don't want you spending months and months working on a website and not getting out there and engaging with people because you're still building your website. You're still building your website. I will tell you this, LinkedIn is going to be one of the top things that comes up for you on a search engine anyway. So if you have a really strong LinkedIn page and you can begin to get out there and engage with people and have those conversations while you're building a website, that's great. But you do want to have something that people, when they Google you, something pops up because people are going to Google you. And a LinkedIn, a really strong LinkedIn profile is just as good but it it can be a great thing to leverage. So if it's the difference between waiting for months to get your website done or getting out there and having conversations, do not wait months. Now, the other thing that every single one of us has an opportunity to do, whether, and this once again, whether you're engaging one-on-one with people or engaging with organizations, is how are you building your visibility and your credibility through thoughtful posts that you're putting on social media. If you're working one-on-one with people, you might you might lean more heavily into Facebook or Instagram. Where does your target population hang out? If you are working with people through career transitions or executives or leaders, you're probably going to lean into LinkedIn. However, wherever you land, you want to be seen and heard by your target population And you want to be able to create material that lets them know what you believe in, what you know to be true for them, give them tips, be value, create value for them. And I really strongly encourage you to do things like create some videos, let people see you in action, let people see you talking to them so that you, they know that you care about what's happening with them. 
you're giving them tips and strategies, you are offering value so that they are drawn to you. And that is because gatekeepers also look at LinkedIn and are engaging in social media as well. So whether whether you are one-on-one with individuals or in organizations, creating a little bit of buzz and some movement on social media is going to be key. It's more which platform you're on depending upon where your people hang out. Now, I believe that one of the most effective ways to have people connect with you and hear your message and believe in what you're offering is speaking to sell. And this can be incredibly effective for either market. The key thing, once again, just like where you post your social media is the who. Who are you getting in front of? So if I have a program for coaches, I'm going to want to get in front of audiences of coaches. If I am a life coach who works with 30-year-old women who are going through a transition uh, from married to divorced, and I have a group program for them, I'm going to want to get in front of that population, whether it's through singles groups, whether it's through churches, whether it's wherever it is, that's the population that I want to be able to get in front of and share value so that they are interested and reach out to me. If I'm an executive or leadership coach and I want to get in front of an organization, then if I'm speaking I'm probably going to want to speak in front of human resource providers or C-suite people. So it's about who your audience is. It's not that speaking only works for filling your calendar with one kind of client. No, it is a wonderful way for people to see you, hear you, and hear your message. When you speak, you want to have a clear message that helps your audience understand your methodology, what you believe to be true for them, the things that you offer as a professional, and the kinds of results that your clients get. Now, we've talked a little bit about some of the things that are the same. So let's dive into the differences. Because the reality is there's many populations who benefit from coaching that we enjoy working with that are not going to be sponsored by an organization. Some of the things to think about when someone's engaging in paying for their own coaching, they tend to have more skin in the game and be super invested. There's a real positive to that. There's also a real positive to the fact that when it's something between you and your client, there's just you and your client to worry about. So there's that independence of what's happening between you and your client. What have you agreed to? What is the outcome that you're looking to create together. We can create programs that meet the needs of our client populations and align with our own specialty and passion. Now, one of the, that I, you know, people are sometimes concerned about the drawback of working one-on-one with people is that there tends to be a lower fee. And because there's a lower fee, we have to get more clients. Now, that's not always the case, by the way. There are some high-ticket items that people invest in for themselves. But in general, if we're just thinking about, in general, uh, a sponsored client versus an, an individual who's paying for their own coaching, 
chances are that that's going to be a lower price point because there's less coordination that happens when it's one-on-one. So you might need more clients to be able to fill your calendar. But then you can do things like the programs that we talked about, about creating groups, different things to leverage your time because there's only so many one-on-one hours that we can do in any week. Now, when you are working with individuals, you're probably going to offer one-on-one discovery calls to determine whether they're a fit for you. That's the way that you're going to be inviting people in to determine if they want to work with you. And that's where you find out about their needs and whether they are a good fit for your program. Another thing that I want you to think about if you're working one-on-one with people is the concept of launches. If you do have programs, think about how do you want to strategically place them throughout the year and do a launch to invite people into those programs so that you're not in feast or famine. I'm either really, really busy or I don't have anything going on and then I've got to scramble for clients. Create a system where you are inviting people in. One way to handle that is to have launches throughout the year. Now, when you're working one-on-one with people, you also have that client agreement between you and the client covered in the core competencies, what they can expect from you, what you are expecting from them, the things about the logistics and the payment. And I encourage you to figure out the payment in such a way that you're not always chasing payments um, and that they don't get in the middle of the coaching. They're just a part of the coaching that is just natural. You're going to invoice at a particular time or charge a card at a particular time. And it's just part of the process. Now, if in fact you're working with organizations, there's some other things to kind of think about. Versus reaching out and meeting individual needs, you're really looking at building relationships with the decision makers and the gatekeepers in the organizations. This is often somebody in human resources, but it can also be a leader who is engaging in bringing somebody in to work with their team. It could be somebody in the C-suite who's who's bringing in somebody to work with the entire leadership team. So what you're doing is once again, creating clarity about what your offer is for an organizational solution. And you might be making calls, you might be visiting. Uh, Once again, that speaking concept Who is your low-hanging fruit in this? What organizations have you already worked in that might know, like, and trust you? How can you reach out and let people know what it is that you're doing now who are in organizations who might very well need what it is that you're offering? Now, some of the things to think about when you're working with organizations is that if you're actually going into an organization and working with many people within that organization, then let's think about the organization is your client and you're going to need less clients per se. If I'm working with an organization and coaching 12 leaders in that organization, then maybe I only need to work with three or four organizations throughout the year to really create a robust practice for myself. So think about the lens of looking through an organization is 
potentially less clients because once you're in and working with them, you might work with them long-term. I've worked with some organizations for three and four years and worked with dozens of their leaders. You often charge higher fees because you've got a lot of coordination to do. You tend to be working with your coachee's leader and HR and you know, often there's many moving parts when you're working within an organization. Another thing to think about when you're working in organizations is they tend to like if you have some assessments to be able to provide. Now, some organizations have their own assessments and just want you to use their assessments, or they've already given the assessments and you just use the results to kind of work with the client around the results. But often when I'm in an organization, they like me to provide an assessment. Now, that assessment might be that I do an informal 360, where I do an interview process with eight to 10 stakeholders of my client and and provide that feedback to my client. But it might actually be that they want an EQ assessment or they want a 360 assessment or they want a personality assessment. So one thing to consider if you're working within organizations is what are you going to have in your toolbox for assessments that you are certified and able to provide? So just think about that. The other thing to think about when you're working within an organization is that you're probably going to have more paperwork than if you're working one-on-one with clients. Often you need to submit a proposal you might need to do a contract. You might even want to hire an attorney to make sure that your contracts are are protecting your interests and your clients' interests and all of that. There's more back and forth when you're working in organizations. And I've had organizations sometimes want reporting in, obviously protecting confidentiality, but certain monthly reports, those kinds of things. So be aware of that. I have friends who have completed 100-page proposals for organizations. That's not something that I enjoy doing or that I do, but other coaches have done it. So just be aware that when you're working within organizations, particularly if you want a large contract within an organization, that there's going to be a lot of heavy lifting around the paper end of things. The other thing I would just encourage you to be cautious about is putting all your eggs in one basket. So if, in fact, you're working with an organization and they become all-consuming, you've got a large contract with an organization and that organization sells or something happens or they cut budget and, you know, are all your coaching eggs in one basket, is that client your one and only client? I would just encourage you to think broader than that and protect your own interest as well. And one other thing to think about when you work in organizations is that you don't necessarily need to be the coach who's holding the contract for that organization. I've worked with several organizations where a different coach actually has the contract and they subcontract with me because they've gotten a large contract and they need to have a stable of coaches to be able to provide the service. So I am really the client is their client and I'm a subcontractor to that coach. And maybe someday I'll do a show about how to be a good subcontractor because you really want to be able to honor 
that coach and recognize that the client is actually that coach's client. So you, you want to do things very ethically with that. And we obviously always want to be ethical in our practice. So in summary, let's just think about these differences and similarities. Is your ideal client an organization or is your ideal client an individual? Depending upon who you work with, there's going to be different focuses that you have. But I encourage you to think about who do you really want to work with? What lights you up? And who do you really help get results? And then determine, how am I leveraging this so that I am meeting my needs as a business owner and the workflow that makes sense for me? Are you taking on more than you want to? Are you Have you targeted something that isn't enough to fill your calendar? All of these things need to really be paid attention to. Because there are benefits and challenges with any client group. And when you find the group that you really love to work with and figure out a way to make that work, whether it's creating some programs to draw more people in, to be able to really leverage your expertise and honor the process of coaching so that you can really help your clients get the results that they want. Each and every one of you has your own strengths when it comes to writing proposals or marketing or engaging with social media or picking up the phone and making a call, whatever it is that your strength is, how can you lean into that to really help create the kind of business that you want, you deserve, and that people are out there waiting for you to offer your service to them because they need what you have to offer. So I wanted today to just give you some food for thought about the differences of working with individuals versus organizations. Either one of these could be hours of talking just about what each offers, but I hope it gave you good food for thought to begin to think about what's right for you. Now, next week, I have an example of someone who thrives in the space of working in organizations with teams and leaders. Dr. Ellen Zimmerman will be my guest. She was one of my former mentees years ago, and she's just thriving in the coaching space, and I'm super excited to bring her forward. Remember that if you would like to be able to work with like-minded individuals, if you need mentor coaching before the end of the year, please take this opportunity to check out starcoachshow.com slash mentor and check out my final program of the year because it's coming up quickly and filling up quickly. And I would love to work with you if you need mentoring this year. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a great week.